Welcome to Flow with Recess, a podcast to help you unlock your best self. Join Chief Psychology Officer of Recess, Matt Swartz, and our CEO, Kels Bethel, your hosts on this journey to flow. Hello, Hello everyone, and welcome to Flow with Recess podcast. I'm Matt Swartz. And I'm Kels. We're happy to have you here for our episode on attention, focus, and concentration, continuing our flow foundation of presence from last time that we began with mindfulness. Yeah, pretty excited about this one, Matt, you know, um, with my little ADHD. I mean, both of us have this experience with ADHD, so I think a lot of us now with all the stimula, stimulation and everything that's coming in with us, a lot of people have problems with just focus and attention, so excited about this this episode so i mean for the people you know let's start with what we usually do and talk about some definitions like how do we define attention yeah so if i can zoom out for a second and zoom back in um you know you're alluding to this experience i i had an experience that i think a lot of people have whether you have diagnosed or undiagnosed adhd or or none of the above and you're just a human where Growing up, adults told me to focus, but they didn't tell me how. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, focus. Stop getting distracted, right? And I watch it happening with my three-year-old son, where we'll be trying to get our go our way to bed, right? And he's off playing. And I'm like, Puxley, what did I ask you? Focus on what I asked you, right? And I'm just telling him to focus, but clearly something else is going on. And in our in my culture I grew up in, we we seem to equate it with willpower and choice. Oh, somebody's choosing not to focus. But the bulk of my journey in healing through ADHD, which I originally thought was a me problem and I needed to change to fit everybody else, I've discovered the underlying key factors in you know how our focus and attention work. And the end-all be-all is all of these things are fundamentally emotionally mediated. Right. Such that, you know, any sort of issue with attention, focus, concentration is an emotional issue. I don't think we're going to come to that today. But if I were somebody out there with attention and focus issues, I would want to know that, that you you feel like you're pounding your head against the wall and you are because you're you're not using the thing that will actually help you to solve this problem. And I would like to release all of you out there that are suffering with focus and attention and concentration issues, thinking you've done something wrong and get you to a place where you understand it's actually probably the the people trying to get you to do the thing they want you to do don't know how to explain to you how to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. And I mean, maybe before we even jump in, as you zoomed out a bit, like, what do you mean by emotion? You know, I feel like a lot of people automatically think, you know, you know, surface level idea of emotion. What do you mean by attention focus as an emotional issue? Here's your 30 second bilateral moment. If you aren't already using headphones, now's the time to grab them and keep the flow going. Take this time to reconnect with your body and mind. Just listen to the sound move back and forth between your headphones and pay attention to the sensations in your body.
liked that? For more bilateral moments and full-length tracks, check out our bilateral playlist on YouTube. Links provided in the show notes. Yeah, so making it super basic, you pay attention to the stuff you like, and you tend to ignore the stuff you don't. Yeah. Make it that easy, Yeah. right? And so I fundamentally, over the course of the, God, 30 years I've been working with my attention issues... It's, it's about creating relationships with the things I want to focus on, just as I would with anything else in my life, right? It, if, I'm not, if I'm not focusing on somebody, it's because there's a negative emotion. It could be I'm too busy. It could be that I don't like them. It could be that they're not giving me the energy I'm getting back, right? But I focus on the people and the things that are giving me energy back or my kids or, you know, so teaching people how to understand how emotions impact focus and then teaching people how to use those emotional aspects rather than just willpower is maybe harder, but it's much more sustainable in the long run. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 So as I, as we get into the definitions, I just wanted you guys to bear that in mind that it's not just, Oh, I'm going to give you these definitions and you're going to be able to do it. Well, the problem remains the same, that you're going to have to address what's underneath those focus and attention issues, which are going to be emotional regulation challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So if if you're like me, going to school, growing up, whatever, you've heard the words attention, focus, and concentration used interchangeably. It's just the same thing. Am I paying attention? Am I focusing? Am I concentrating? These are actually three separate things. And if we can define them differently, if we can give language and a place for them, then we can understand better how to modulate each one. And that it actually may be that I have strengths in one area and weakness in another. And my problem isn't just focus. My problem is which of these should I be working on growing? And then which one should I be leaning into as a strength? So let's start with attention, right? What am I paying attention to? Attention is a limited capacity. We only have so much attention right? So what are we paying attention to? If I'm sitting in my office here, am I paying attention to my computer or my television or the window or the cat, right? I can't pay attention to all of it. So think of attention, right? Like there's all of this stimuli and information coming in every single second from the world around us. And my job is to figure out what of that I want to pay attention to, if I can only pay attention to 25% of it. So I'll give you some metaphors. Our, Our highway of attention has four lanes. And most of us are trying to shove six lanes of cars through that highway. And we keep getting into traffic jams and we end up, you know, doing work and then we lose focus and then we do work and then we lose because we're trying to pay attention to too much. Right. So another, another metaphor would be you walk into a room and there are three TVs, right? I can only really pay attention to one television at a time. Am I paying attention to the left one, the middle one, or the right one? And so that's the fundamental question with attention. Another metaphor is you have a flashlight. You're going to light up the, you know, your dark room. Do you want to light up the left side, the middle, or the right side of the room? You can't light up the whole room. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the, the challenge with, with some persons or like myself is where with all the stimuli that is happening, it's just difficult to differentiate which one should I, which one should I dial into? 100%. Yeah. So, so now you're seeing the problem. Yeah. You, nobody ever taught you how to select. Yeah. See, here's the thing. When those people were growing up, they had five tele, you know, when our parents' generation was growing up, they had five television stations, max. 
Maybe they had three, maybe they had one, maybe they had two. They didn't have to figure out which to pay attention to. We grew up with a hundred television. I had like 60, right? When I was a little kid, I, you know, and maybe you had 20 or 30, I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. But we, we had way more stimuli to pay attention to a hundred years ago. People were, were sitting around doing nothing for stretches of time. Right. And then maybe reading books to split it up. Right. But there was, there was periods of time where nothing was happening today. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I didn't know nothing. Right. That's the mindfulness. We're trying to put some nothing into your day and you're like, I don't want to do that. I want to be on my phone. Right. So this is the fundamental issue. We have a generation of children that were bred with too much stimuli in their environment and no skills and tools for processing through it. So what we tend to do by default is the biggest emotions win. Yeah, the ones that the feel, so is it a matter, the biggest emotions, the ones that feel the best, the ones that give us some sort of, you know, excitement, feel good, yep. yeah. Or the ones that feel the worst. Or the ones, the ones that make you the angriest, mm -hmm. the most scared, mm -hmm. the most sad, the most upsetting, right? And so we, we, because that's naturally how our brain works, we tend to allow, I mean, that's what it looks like. So when you see a kid who's not focusing in school, right, they're drifting off, they're, they're you know, dreaming about something better. They like better. They're thinking about a game at home they want. Yeah. Right? When you see those kids acting out impulsively in class, it's because the thing they're thinking or saying or doing has a better emotional relationship for them than whatever else is going on. Mm -hmm. Right. And as they go through life, they pay attention to the things they like. They ignore the ones they don't. You know, classically for people with ADHD, I only like learning the skills I start feeling good about. And I prevent myself from learning the ones where I start and it doesn't feel good. Right. So you have all of these emotional issues that are impacting people's attention and they have no idea because it's the first generation that we're ever dealing with this. So true. So true. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then what is, so then if that's attention, what is exactly the difference with focus? Because, you know, some people may think, again, that's interchangeable. So what's the difference between attention and then focus? Yeah. So focus is how much am I paying attention to, right? So if I recognize I can only pay attention to so much, how much of the much, right? So when I am doing my PowerPoint presentations, I'm narrowing my focus to only pay attention to what's on my computer screen. When I go out into the woods, I'm widening my attention to pay attention to anything that's coming at me, right? So how, how am I paying attention to the whole woods or one little squirrel? Am I paying attention to all the work I have to do or one little area? Am I paying attention to the whole room I have to clean or the one little spot, right? And there's times where narrowing your focus is essential. There's times where widening your focus is essential and it really just depends. So again, metaphors, right? Am I paying attention to one lane of cars, the other lane of cars, right? Am I paying attention to, that's attention, right? Am I over here or am I over here? Focus is, am I paying attention to four lanes, three lanes, two lanes, or one lane? Focus is, do I have that really wide beam on my flashlight or have I twisted it so I have the really high concentrated beam? Is it a flashlight or is it a laser, mm -hmm. right? Or again, using the television metaphor, am I trying to pay attention to one television, two televisions or three televisions? Does that make sense? For yeah, focus? so I guess it's more like the scope. So, I mean, yep. it's just the scope. So while the attention is what exactly, it's just how wide is that yep. span? Mm -hmm. attention is what mm -hmm. focus is how much yeah yeah makes sense makes sense 
So I guess we could see how challenging it is if you're having trouble with both attention and focus, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Right. If you're somebody who not only has challenges picking what to pay attention to, but also things automatically widening or sharpening your focus Mm -hmm. outside of your control. Mm -hmm. Right. So like I'm a very social person. So like the way part of the way my ADHD manifested in school was I would try to talk to people. Right. So that's my nervous system saying this is your favorite thing. Right. But what would happen in addition to it pulling my attention away? is it would narrow my focus on a person, whoever I was talking or whoever I was thinking about, right? Where my focus should have been wider so that I could pay attention to what the teacher was saying, for instance. Yeah, I think think I'm very similar to you in a way. And I'm realizing just by this that my problem may be more attention than it is focus, right? Like selecting what what to focus on as opposed to, I think I have a similar situation than you. Yeah, yeah. So you may find it easy to to figure out, okay, well, when do I need to really narrow focus? Like you, you may have no trouble with that. The problem may be what what do I narrow my focus on? And that's where the attention comes in. So then we have the third one, right? And the third one is concentration. So we have attention, which is what am I paying attention to? We have focus, which is how much am I paying attention to? And we have concentration, which is how long or how deeply am I paying attention or focusing? So am I listening to a whole song or am I only listening to the first 30 seconds? Hello, right? They call that ADHD music listening, right? You just skip, keep skipping through the songs because you get the burst of emotion and then you All right, know so what, what I'm thinking here, like, I didn't like, tell right, me if this makes sense. So I was thinking right? that... In terms, um, so again, atten- metaphors, in terms of completing a task, for example, is, it sounds like attention highway, is like the first step, like you need to select that task. Um, yeah. Focus right? is what you need in between okay, there to sort of get through it. And then focusing on concentration TV, essentially is what will help you sort of finish quickly, the task. You know, it sounds like it could be, that's how you could look at it as well. Again, with a flashlight perfectly stated. Am I moving a flashlight all around the room really quickly? I need to pay attention to my office so I can clean it. So it's like anything else. If I have a microscope, the, the I need to longer I focus, focus on one area of the office, the longer I keep that flashlight in the corner miserable. And I need to be able to sustain my attention. More, I walk out of the room to go put something away, and then I get you know somebody may have an issue with concentration, and they can't concentrate. So that's a great set of examples. Other people may have an issue with concentration. That's pretty So then, what would you say is the benefits of this sort of attention? I mean, we already said it, right? But attention, focus concentration what are some of the benefits i mean we know for tasks but what else yep so getting things done getting them done faster getting them done more effectively and completing them with higher quality but so many of times we haven't even gotten the first done <laughs> right we, we don't even finish it but then there's how good is it how long did it take you? How stressful was it doing it, right? So, you know, how much of my experience of distress associated with the task isn't the task itself. It's the history I have of how I deal with tasks like this, right? Um, how much stress do I have at each point? How much stress do I have deciding what to pay attention to? How much stress do I have 
figuring out my focus again, either narrow or wide, how much stress is created by my ability to concentrate or not concentrate. Right. So it's, it's, am I doing the work? Am I getting it done? Am I getting it done? Well, am I getting it done quickly? How much stress am I experiencing doing that work? Um, you know, we've all heard about the myth of multitasking, right? Even if I have a narrow focus, if I'm constantly shifting my attention or not sustaining concentration, it's not going to be effective. Multitasking does not work because the energy that it takes to move and then the, the time lost, the amount of stress it takes, right? Multitasking really isn't a viable solution in any case that I have encountered. Um, and then for me, key is better relationships, Right. So really it's in life, it's yeah. work and relationships, yeah. isn't it? Right. And then the fun stuff, but you know, usually you do the fun yeah, stuff with true. people you like, right. Um, my relationships have suffered because of my inability to decide what people should I pay attention to? How can I focus on them? And then how long should I concentrate on them? Right. So for example, in school, I was trying to pay attention to people who weren't giving me time and energy rather than people who were right. And there's, you know, I had self-esteem issues. There was all, you know, I had people right in front of me that wanted to be my friend, but I couldn't focus on those friendships because I was mm -hmm. grasping for other ones. Right. I was having trouble in a group of people. I try to focus on everybody instead of focus on two or three people. Right. And walk away with those relationships. Right. Was I concentrating? Was I sustaining my attention on a relationship or was I moving back and forth far too quickly? Or was I putting too much attention onto one relationship because relationships take time to grow? And really, instead of obsessing over one person, shouldn't I split that? Right. So in all of these cases, they're almost always happy middle grounds, but also each situation calls for different things. And so I think really understanding how our attention, our focus, our concentration mediate relationships. This is no surprise to somebody with ADHD. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's been a problem my entire life. Right. We have the, um, the yeah. out of sight, out of mind thing where people with ADHD have trouble maintaining relationships that aren't right in front of them. And so there's all of these issues that are interconnected. In this. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm just thinking about myself when you're talking about that as well. Um, you know, I, I didn't even think about the relationship dynamic. And I and I as as we're talking about that, that differentiation between attention, focus, and concentration, I could see how my challenge is really in attention. So for example, in relationships, as you mentioned, relationships, I always was the person to have all the, like, you know, just a wide variety of friends. I always had like a lot of, a lot of friends um, with the whole class. I had a lot of different types of friends and, and so forth. But the quality of the relationships may not have been the strongest, you know, it may not have been the closest relationships. And so I could see that uh, as you were talking about it. And I feel like it's something similar in terms of, let's say, work and, and tasks. You know, it, it, there's a challenge in terms of all these things are happening. What should I like? What should I focus on right now? And it tends to default in terms of what feels good, what has given me the immediate gratification and that may not be the best thing at the that time. It's simply just what feels good for me. Or as you mentioned too, what is, uh, yeah, what has taken my energy? So for example, if I'm upset about something, if something is, you know, stressing me out, I may dial into the thing that is actually 
having a bigger emotional response, a response like such something that is actually really stressing me or something that I'm angry about. I may end up dialing into that thing as opposed to um, as opposed to choosing something else. So I think that was really interesting in terms of what you were saying too. But I there's yeah. two two parts of that I want to respond to real quick. First is based in reverse order. What happens to most people with focus and attention issues left on unchallenged, they will continue to focus more and more on the worst stuff, the worst stuff, the worst stuff until their life becomes more painful, more stressful, right? They, they will keep, because remember the negative information yeah. helps us to survive. So that, so we're cued to pay attention to that. And then your world becomes smaller and darker and worse, you know, and that's, that's often what happens to people, right? And by the time they get to me, they're so far into that. We have a lot of digging to do exactly. to get ourselves. Exactly. Right. And then practically to what you said, I'm hearing with the friend stuff, I'm hearing focus issues and concentration issues, right? I'm too big of a group rather than small enough groups. I'm moving back and forth too quickly rather than sustaining and deepening those sense, relationships, yeah. right? And I think, you know, as, we, as we're talking about that, I realize like even in terms of like some small challenges that I have. And I don't know if this is, again, attention focus, but, you know, I realized that recently with my ADHD, I'm starting to get like overstimulated and I didn't realize, I don't think that, well, at least I didn't pay attention to it before, but now I'm having challenges just zoning out auditory stimulation. So if I'm talking to you right now, I might be focusing on a random dog barking and you know in the dis in the distance and it's, it happens as well even when i'm watching tv like now i have to watch something with subtitles i can't i'm not hearing the person's voice the same way as i'm hearing the person the background music for example so i'm having a challenge sort of distilling into what i should sort of pay attention to i'm just getting a lot of stimulation and i find that that is something that's recently happening for me. And yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It, and, you know, just to throw it out, right. Some people are more auditory learners. Some people are more kinesthetic learners. Some people are more visual learners. And so that's going to impact your attention as well. Right. What, because I already have a more positive relationship with auditory stimuli than I do with visual stimuli. Makes sense. Yeah. Example. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, I think what, um, just in general, I think what started to help, like I, I found that even just the recess, folk, um, recess present session sort of helped too. I mean, in terms of just being able to, because before I was having a challenge as well, just getting started. So it, again, what should I focus on? So I have this long to-do list, I have all these things to do, and I end up doing something that is not quite a priority that is like, oh, this is exciting, you know? <laughs> And so um, I started to get my to-do list done and I sort of decide what I, I want to do prioritize. And I ended up doing the recess present session when we had it. And I thought that that was able to sort of sustain my focus at least a bit longer to not switch. Because at some point I started off as one thing and I'm like, mm, this is getting challenging. Let's switch to something else that feels better. And I realized that it, it, it did help me to sort of sustain for a longer um, period of time um, as opposed to switching out and, and doing something else when it became not as um, exciting. 
I find the same thing, which is why I swear by it now, right? I'm, I'm, I will use my light bar here and back of me in my office before I have to do admin work. It seems to reduce my emotional resistance to moving into the work and it increases my ability to stay focused more effectively. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It really is helpful. And I think, you know, I think that, I mean, I would just encourage people to try that out as well. Like just the, the present session, if they have problems with, you know, focus, attention, like us, I think just that. And I think that was... And I think even from some of our results as well for recess, I think that a lot of people um, got some of the highest results in a short period of time with the present session. So that's pretty dope. I think so th that was, you know, when we started this, I thought this was going to be more for stress. But seeing that data, especially the more recent one pager you did. I'm like, holy shit, I may have helped to invent something that can really positively exactly. impact ADHD. Exactly. And I didn't even mean to, right? Because you were even talking about your experience with stimulants, right? And so many people have had, I mean, I took stimulants from second to ninth grade, right? And they do great things, but there's also a lot of downsides. And one of the biggest downsides is the crash, right? Like you're up for six hours and then the next four hours yeah. is freaking miserable. Right. And, you you know, you become emotionally dysregulated and you tune out, you tend to dissociate. Like there's all of these costs that come with, you know, the stimulants and the stimulants will sharpen your focus. But sometimes too, and too, too long. Much, and right. Too, and then you lose track long. of other. For yeah. me, again, with stimulants, like, for example, like Concerta, for example, like that's what I was on. It's like it's too long. So whilst the present session, I was able to have being able to time block into like a two hour period. You know, I was with stimulants. It's like I have this long period of time and uh, I'm starting to lose what I should. It's this long period of time. I'm over, over stimulated at that point. And I want to move on yeah, to something 100%. else. I want to do something else. And I can't get myself out of that state. And I realized it was also affecting my mood. So I ended up being very irritable. Um, yeah, if I lose, if somebody comes and says something to me, I ended up be feeling very irritable when I'm on stimulants and with recess, I really didn't have that challenge. That happens to me normally. Like if somebody interrupts my focus, I get super irritable and pissed. So I understand that. And I heard tons of people say that yeah. that increases on stimulants. So I, yeah, I'm yeah. really sorry. Yeah. But I think, I think as you're saying, it's pretty exciting what, what, um, with with recess that so i really think that what we do could help so much people um and also i was was doing this thing to where i was trying to do recess while on stimulants to try to build that muscle while i'm in that zone as well um and i think that also helps in terms of building helping to build that uh, build that muscle a bit more too want to get even deeper into your flow Learn more about today's episode on our blog, The Science of Productivity. Find out more about today's topic by visiting our blog, Boosting Attention, Focus, and Concentration, our mental health app can help. Here, you'll get more insights and tips on how you can maintain your flow state every day. recess to lock in or the word would be embody states right so if you catch yourself in a good state and you do some bilateral you're strengthening the neural connections that you know embody help you to embody and teach your body that, that state that does make sense um what about you matt what about your experience yeah 
I will, I, you know, we can talk about my origin story some other time. So I will keep it brief. You know, I have had AD, I was diagnosed. I am one of those cases where like, I couldn't have had it any better for the time that I had it. I was diagnosed so early. I was diagnosed in second grade. I got the best treatment available at the time, which was a combination of individual group and stimulant medication. And it was still freaking rough. You know, I, I, unfortunately the overall message was I'm broken rather than the message, you know, you have ADHD, something's wrong with you. It'll only get so much better rather than, well, actually this is how the brain works. So this is why it's happening and all that. So, you know, for me, it's been this evolution of understanding how to improve my attention, focus, and concentration, which I really didn't get. I had to teach myself that Mm -hmm. after college. I think I figured out a set of ways to address it well enough but it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized like, oh God, there's some really important things that are, that are missing here. And so that led to me understanding the emotional components of attention and focus. And the more I focused on the emotional components, the better my focus has been. Right. Um, you know, I mean, things I, you know, especially in like team and work contexts, right. That's most relevant right now. I have a hard time in meetings, even to this day, paying attention to stuff that like projects, if I'm doing an executive leadership team meeting, I'm like tuning out all the projects that I'm not involved in and I'm going on my phone and I'm, you know, I can't pay attention to like portions of the business I'm not involved in. And the second it's my turn, you know, I'm in and it's over or when anybody's talking about things that are relevant to me, I'm paying attention. Um, and yeah, definitely overly focused on my own stuff. Definitely only more focused on the things that, you know, apply directly to me, which sometimes may be helpful, but other times I may be tuning out essential things I need to know for the team or for the larger scope. Right. And I think that's been a challenge. And then I, I, the last thing I would say most of all is attention and focus is not intelligence. You can be really intelligent and have really poor attention and focus and concentration, or you can have really good focus, (laughs) attention, focus and concentration and not be that intelligent and actually do better than, than somebody who's of the same intelligence level because you have, or focus, or even better than somebody who has a higher intelligence level. There's, you know, I've seen so many really smart people who can't get anything done, right? And that was always one of my, like, ghosts of Christmas future. Like, I do not want to end up <laughs> like that. I want to figure out how to be able to execute on Yeah, no, that is so true. Because I think a lot of the time, especially with kids, a lot of the time, I think parents also add that also does that to kids as well when they're having trouble you know holding their attention and so forth they automatically think that's a problem with their intelligence they think that you know something is wrong with them they are not as intelligent and it's really like no no so are we ready to talk about flow kels and kind of looking at the ways in which attention focus concentration kind of help us you know with flow um, I think, you know, a couple of things jump out and certainly, you know, add things, but first, um, flow, when we're in flow state, it does a lot of the attention work for us. It helps us pay attention to what we need to and tune out the stuff we don't. But then it's also true in the reverse, which is the more focused we are, the more focused on the things we're supposed to be focused on, or we want to be focused on, the easier it is to get into flow, right? The, the deeper that flow is. So, it goes full, both ways, right? But what we know is what we focus on grows. So if I continue again to pay attention to the stuff I'm trying to fix or stop or prevent versus the stuff I want to create and grow and nurture, you know, the first is not flow. And the second definitely is. 
Um, and I think that is what holds people back a lot from getting into flow is they're trying to fix stuff all the time instead of trying to lean into the areas where focus and attention are easier. Um, and I think you already talked about, you know, using recess to enhance that focus to, to get that flow. But I think, um, again, what's really key is when you watch people in flow, they are taking care of all of those focus issues that there, there isn't yeah. a focus issue. And the second focus issues come in, pulls people yeah, out. Yeah. And I think it might be a good time to mention more deeply how we see um, this area focus. I mean, we're in the presence component and maybe we should just talk about how we look at where, where is attention focus in terms of our four, four, four foundations of flow and how we look at it in right. terms so, of our entire model. Yeah. So the recess foundations of flow, we have the five foundations and the four that the app works on. So we have play, which is not in the app. We have presence, which is where focus is. We have purpose, we have potential, and we have peace. And so we're really zooming in on that presence part, right? Am I present and engaged in my current reality? You know, the first part is awareness. The second part is focus. And the third part is energy and energy being where am I directing my energy, right? So when we're working on this presence component within recess, we're focused on, we're, we're trying to help a person get out of the past, get out of the future, come back to the present. That's the first step. Second is decide what you want to focus on and what you want to attend to and how you need to concentrate. And then the third step is, are we consistently providing energy in those directions or are we giving our energy away to other situations that yeah. may not be helpful, right? It will, it will not put you in flow to do everything everybody else wants you to do. The more you can do the things that come naturally to you that light you up, right? The more you're going to be in flow more easily. So in recess, we're working on focus by walking you through that presence section and helping to improve those yeah, aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Super important. So, all right. So maybe we should just close off with some of our tips to help people to find flow, right? Yeah. Why don't you start, Kels? What has been helpful um, in terms of attention, focus, concentration? Yeah, I think some of the things for me, I had to play around with a bunch of different techniques, to be honest. And, you know, I tried a few um, techniques. Like I try um, the Pomodoro technique that basically tells you to break up your tasks you know do some work for 25 minutes and then take a five minute break and then you do that all over again but what i've been also doing currently is sort of time boxing so i do the i did that and that helped but i found that you know that's a bit static even and i started to just time box a bit more and that is you know Every day I have like this 90 minute slot of intense work and I have this time boxed out and I found that that has helped me sort of manage my attention um, every day when there are a bunch of different things going on, meetings, this, this, this. I found that just time boxing really helped me. Yeah. It's awesome. Look, everybody's different. Everybody's going to need different things. Apparently there are people that benefit from the Pomodoro technique. I'm not one of these people. Um, when I help my clients to find other techniques, they seem, see my, my issue with Pomodoro is it breaks my focus and then my emotion is gone and then my motivation is gone, right? Versus chunking, right? Time blocking for me is much more helpful. And what I, what I do, and everybody's different, you can time block based on 
a specific section of your business or a specific outcome or specific work you need to do. There's a bunch of different ways. I try to group stuff together that is relevant to each other so that as I move from one thing to another, it feels more interconnected. And that can be this, again, the same subject material, or it can be the same type of outcome, or it can be like, I'll categorize things based on, okay, is this work? Is this growth? Is this family? Is this friendship? Is this, you know, trying to like, basically it's a needs method of, mm -hmm. of time blocking. What needs are being fulfilled throughout my week? How much time am I giving to each of those needs, right? So there's a bunch of ways to do it. And I, I don't want to get caught out any one way at all. But I, I do want to encourage people that the time time chunking seems to be very, very helpful in most yeah. cases. And I would encourage longer chunks, like an hour, an hour and a half. doesn't mean you can't take breaks, but you take the break and you yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And I think as we, we're talking about that too, I think just by, because before I had this very long to-do list and I would never reach today, I would never reach the end of my list. And something that we're implementing within recess is the three intentions for the day. And I, and that's what I started to do as well, where realistically speaking, you can, I can really do three in main intentions for the day. And that has also helped me to manage all of the things that I have to do and then put that in a chunk of time. And that has been working as well. I'm really, really glad because I was thinking about that earlier and I wanted to mention it. That's the whole point yeah. of the intention process is to help people deal with their yeah. focus more easily, to help you figure out what to pay attention to, what you're going to focus on when and how you're going to do that. Um, it, for me, that kind of intention goal planning has been transformative rather than here's your list of 20 things you need to do. It just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. All right. So in, in all of that, you know, my real big tip would be I encourage people to practice on the easy stuff first, right? Understand it may, if you really learn some of these principles, it may take you two years, five years, you know, whatever, to get really good at any of these aspects. So start with the easy stuff. You know, why does Pomodoro work? Well, it helps you take care of the easy stuff. And so, so start there. And that may be really helpful for you building another aspect of flow, which is, um, your potential, your feeling of self-efficacy and capability, right? So, you know, all of these areas aren't separate. They grow into each other. So it's okay that the big stuff is too challenging right now. That's fine. Let's build some skill and success on the smaller stuff or the stuff that's more attractive to you emotionally. Like, let's let's lean into yeah, what's easiest. Yeah. And what about for teams, Matt? Like, in terms of anybody who's listening, who may be leading a team, HR, team leads, you know, what are some of the things that a team yeah. could implement that would sort of build this attention, focus, and concentration? We want to make it simple, right? Because we recognize how workplace culture works and how these things work. And it's not just going to transform overnight. You know, last time we said like integrating a little bit of mindfulness or even just allowing your people to do mindfulness, right? Simple here is allow breaks and resets to be part of company culture. Right. So eliminate that negative pressure if somebody walks away from their desk. Understand that actually they could come back and have four times more productivity than they did by the, them allowing them to take a 15 minute walk or a half an hour walk or whatever. And you're like, oh, they're wasting a half an hour. We need to get these projects done. Well, what if they come back and they actually do way better than they yeah. did before? Right. So as a manager, just coming to somebody's desk, you know, if somebody's telling you I'm having trouble being productive, being able to say, great, go take a walk, yeah. see you in a half an hour. Yeah. 
right? Most it's simple stuff. Most people in today's company cultures don't feel okay taking breaks. They don't feel okay leaving their desk because they think they're going to be judged for it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I love it. All right. I think we're at the tail end here and I hope this was really helpful. Again, I, as always, I can talk for hours about this. This has been my little ADHD life, but um, I hope everybody got some value out of understanding these components. We'll go more deeply into them in the future. Um, but thank you guys for being with us and listening to our Flow with Recess podcast. We've been doing some present stuff and we're going to move into peace next. Our next two sessions will be around the peace foundation um, of our foundations of flow. Um, thanks for being here. I was Matt Swartz. And I'm Kels. Thank you guys. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Flow with Recess. By the way, your flow doesn't have to end here. Our Recess app helps listeners unlock their most productive selves by reducing anxiety and improving their focus. You can find out more about our app as well as more resources to support you on your journey by visiting our website with recess.com. Links to our bilateral playlist and this week's blog post are also found in our show notes. Until next time, find your flow and get unstuck with Recess.